Teach 
us, Lord, not take you for granted, Lord, but we thank you and praise you with a, a grateful heart, a heart full of thanksgiving, Lord, for all that you provide for us, Lord. Lord, I pray for the tithes and the offerings that are given this morning, Lord. I pray you bless them in a mighty way, Lord. Lord, bless your people, Lord. Bless this church, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We look forward to what you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
Should be down. Woo, it's warm in here. Yeah, it is. Okay, good morning. We'll just let everybody will remain here this morning. Yeah. That's okay with everybody. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad to be here. Coming up, uh, I don't know. Uh, we're, we, are, uh, we are planning to have a... Uh, Lunch sale. Is that going to be in Wagner? No, here. Here? Okay, on the 24th? Okay. That's this coming Friday. 
Uh, what's the menu? I'm thinking about doing smothered burritos. Okay, smothered burritos. And then I talked with staff. We're going to schedule one for there too sometime okay. early next month. So okay, so early the next part of June, next early in June, we'll be doing one in, I was going to say Denver, but one in Wagner. <laughs> so we have those two coming up, so just be advised. Uh, Brother Javier will be coming a week from this Wednesday. And uh, we do have some. Uh, people from Denver that will be accompanying him. We don't know how much yet, but there will be some that will be uh, coming with us. So we'll start services. Lord willing, he gets there uh, early enough, but if not, you know, we'll, we will be starting on the 30th and we'll be going to, uh, like I said, Lord willing, we'll be going to uh, the 2nd but there's a possibility he might go and stay until that following Wednesday. So it's, it's kind of like, uh, how can I say, we'll wait and see. And if we do, then we'll make the announcement. But that's what we're hoping to do when Brother Javier is here. <clears throat> and of course, uh, we have, uh, in the month of June, at the end of June, the retreat there in Custer <clears throat> that <clears throat> I, we usually do every year. And then uh, the Robert Longshore's camp meeting on the 19th, 20th, and 21st, which I'll be attending that. So. And then peak is in July. Peak is July 17th, 18th, and 19th, for anybody still interested in going to that. So we have those those things that will be coming up. Uh, haven't really heard back from Brother Chuck yet, but Brother Chuck is, Lord willing, hoping to be here. Uh, the way it sounds, uh, next weekend. So uh, he told us to keep him in prayer, and uh, he'll be here, I believe, from Friday to Monday. So. Keep them in prayer. There's several things that they're uh, praying for. He said, uh, God knows their needs, so pray for them, him and Sister Linda. And of course, uh, he's trying to find a different uh, location there in uh, Portage the Prairie. So please, please pray for him to find a different location <coughs> where he can, where they could have uh, services at. So, amen. So, those announcements. Amen, amen. If you would all turn with me in your Bibles. And the thought, of course, we've been working on been studying nothing like preparation. Uh, turn with me in the book of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. Nothing like preparation. 
Uh, I don't think I'm going to deviate too much from <clears throat> what we've been what we've been talking about in our Sunday morning Bible study in here. I'm going to remain on kind of in the same area, in the same thought, but maybe in, in a little different way. I don't know. Uh, maybe I better. <coughs> Hallelujah. Turn the heat down and all. This little fan is doing the job of cooling me off. I'm already cold. But we talked about uh, we talked about last week and and uh, we, we kind of uh, just kind of I guess addressed it a little bit as far as the day of uh, Day of Atonement, and uh, of course, preparation for the ministry. We talked about that preparation for uh, the people of God. Everything that was going to be, you know, done as far as anticipating that particular day, the Day of Atonement, and we we uh, we determined that through the Word of God that on that particular day we noticed that there is a a, uh, increasing the sacrifices that were going to be offered uh, for that particular time where basically there was an increase in sacrifices. And, and we established, you know, as far as the difference, the significance of the sacrifices, the, the significance of the sacrifice that was offered on the day of uh, the Passover sacrifice. And then from that point on, the the sacrifice has changed. It changed from that sacrifice of, of one lamb on the, on the Passover, one lamb, and then immediately following, entering into uh, entering into unleavened bread, the first fruits, Pentecost, and going all the way up into uh, Tabernacles, the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, the sacrifices, the the what they had to offer changed. There was a difference. There, there was a, a difference in, in the animals that were going to be sacrificed. So we went from the lamb, and then from that, when, from that point on, the precedent was this. The precedent was bullocks, rams, and lambs. Everybody, did everybody, is that for you that were in Sunday school class? Does everybody remember that? So we, there, there's a difference there in the sacrifices that were being offered, and, and we determined, we determined that... The reason being, the, the lamb basically was the type of sacrifice Jesus offered up. He was the lamb of God. He was the lamb of God that was going to be slain for the sins of the whole world. The lamb of God. So, so we see that, all right? And because of his sacrifice, he was, uh, he was uh, uh, obviously without sin. Therefore, the lamb nature. Uh, he was sinless. He was he was uh, without blemish in all this. So we understand that that was a type of Jesus Christ. Now, here we come as far as the other sacrifices that were going to be uh, incorporated there in, in the ceremonies. The sacrifices changed, and, and, and in this order, they changed from a bullock to a ram to a lamb. And always remember this, you're going to find out in the scriptures, you go into the book of Leviticus, 
talks about the law of sacrifices, uh, that if a person could not afford to, to sacrifice a bullock or a ram, or even bring a, a, a lamb, uh, they were instructed to bring uh, turtle doves that they could not afford. So here we, we, we've seen that uh, you know, everything was taken care of as far as you know, if the people of Israel would want to present themselves and come before the Lord and offer a sacrifice, they were all covered one way or another. Okay, so, so we see that. But we've determined this. The reason, the difference between the significance of the, the types of sacrifices is this. We understand that one lamb represented Christ. Okay? But after that, every sacrifice that was offered represented the sins of man. Represented our human nature. That's what has to be put on the altar. If I want to say it that way. God made a way through his wisdom. Isn't it good to know God made a way to deal with human nature? Thank you, Jesus. That's the reality of it. The reality of it is we're still mortal beings. We're still uh, in, in, the, in this body of, of, of this flesh. We still have to struggle with our fleshly desires, our fleshly wants, our fleshly appetites, the lust of the flesh. And as I said it sometimes before, our thinking, our mentality as human beings. We, we were in this body, so we're basically we're, we're subject to our body. But... God, through his wisdom, made a way that we could deal with that nature in us. Amen. So is that understandable now? Amen. And, and uh, it's, it's good to understand it because there's a reason why those sacrifices changed, why there was a difference in the sacrifices. Of course, we understand that. Now we can look at it as, as, as you know, we're, we're able to deal with everything that we go through in our body, our flesh, all the parts of our human nature, we're able to deal with that. Isn't that good news? Because God does know our weaknesses. And, and when I think about what the scripture says about him, that he was tempted in all points as like as we are, yet he was without sin. He, he was there. He covered all the bases for us. But whatever sin it was, whatever emotion it was, whatever pain it was, he covered all the bases for us. He experienced that for us. Took it to Calvary for us. Took our sin, because he was sinless. He took our sin, nailed it on that cross. Put it on his body, nailed it on that cross. Offered it up. Then he turns around he turns around and he tells his disciples, well, even before he was crucified, he said, he said, he gave them a concept, a principle of living, living a successful, uh, a victorious Christian life. He said, he said, if any person wants to follow after me, let him deny himself and 
take up his cross and follow him. Hidden there in the scripture. Denying our selves. That's the, that's the greatest struggle of humanity right now. Denying themselves. That's the greatest struggle we have. It's not so much the world, not so much the devil. We can, we can overcome them. We can even overcome ourselves. But the greatest enemy of ourselves is our body, our flesh. Okay? So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, we'll start with verse number, uh, we'll start with verse number, uh, let me find my notes. This time I hope I brought the right notes. Yes, verse number 7. Look what it says. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. What do you think he's speaking about? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The Holy Ghost in us. That is the, that's the thing that will make the difference for us because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He put he put his spirit in us to make a difference. So as long as we are filled, as long as we are quickened, we are quickened. That word always seems to stand out in the scripture when he says quickened, to make alive. He will make us alive. Okay? So, so he, Paul says that we have... This treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. In other words, that God can get the glory out of this. He can get the glory out of this. Okay? So he says, we are troubled on every side. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Pay attention to what he's saying here. Because everything that he's talking about here, he's going to, everything that we struggle with and we battle with in our human nature. You'll see that. We, we, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. <clears throat> always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Did you, do you see that? Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He talks about all these, all these, the, the, the works of the flesh, all the things that we experience in our, in, our, in our human frailty, in our body. And then, then he says, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Do you see that? So everything that we experience... In the flesh, everything that we battle from day to day, and we all do, don't we? Yes. Yes. We wake up from the moment we wake up, from the moment, even in our sleep, I think. Yes. Yep. 
we struggle with our human nature. We struggle with it. But here's the thing. God's given us a way that we can overcome it. And so he, he, he's speaking, he's speaking in a sense, it's, it's, it's something how this is, you know, this is uh, right here in the word and how he, he brings it out. He says, for we which live, in verse number 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. We which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Now, now let me tell you something. Uh, when, we, when you take a look at this right away, right away the thought comes to our minds, and I've heard so many people talk about it. They talk about, they think he's talking about physical death. <coughs> he's not talking about physical death. He's talking about dying out to our human nature. Putting our human nature to death. See, that's the, that is the secret to us having power in Jesus Christ. Dying out to our human nature. So that's the death he's talking about. Dying out to that part of us. Of course, we understand that because if you read, how many of you have ever read Romans chapter 6? Huh? You, can, you can understand the concept that Paul's talking about there when he's talking about water baptism, how we die out to the old man. The old man is that part of us that, you know, you know living in sin. Our past life, all the things that we did, dying out to that part of us, dying out to the old man. The, the old man is buried. You put him in that watery grave. The new man, when he rises up, he, we're, we're, we're to resurrect to a new life in Jesus. So that's what he's talking about, that death. Dying out to self, dying out to sin, dying out to the world. Severing, severing all those connections. Severing all those connections. Right. Kind of hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Yes. Uh -huh. Never could understood. When I was younger, I never understood what what it would take. Did you realize this? Here's the thing. Sometimes the decisions we have to make for God, for us to be able to live for God, sometimes. They're drastic decisions. Yep. We have to make that decision. If we're going to live for God, hey, we've got to make that choice that we want to live for God regardless. Regardless. Even to sometimes if it has to be to separate from our family. Yes. Jesus said, if you love father or mother more than me, he said, you're not worthy of me. Now, now, now that doesn't mean he doesn't care. That he, we're not supposed to care about a family. That doesn't mean that. It means that our priority should be Him above our family. That's what it means. So in other words, if our family you know, is, is a hindrance to us, I never understood that. One time, the man of God spoke to me and said, hey, you need to be careful about your associations with your family because, and you know what? How did he know they were trying to tempt me? Huh? He said, if you're going to be pressured, he said, cut those relationships off. I never realized it. Until finally after I did, guess what? I was able to maintain my walk with God because I cut those associations off. 
I didn't cut them off completely. I just cut them off in, 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 in a sense, in enough, in enough time so that I can maintain my walk with God. So that I can grow stronger in the Lord. So that when the time came, I was able to turn around and then I could speak to them about the things of God without being swayed. Huh? Yeah. So, like I said, a lot of times it's difficult. It's difficult to, to uh, understand, but we've got to be of that, you know, we've got to be of that, that kind of obedience and humility and submission to the, to the Lord's will. So, so let's go on. It says, for we which are all, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Man, how many of you really do believe in the power of the cross? Yes. Huh? Because that's what Christians should believe. That's the gospel, the good news, his death, burial, and resurrection. It's not just knowing him, not just saying his name, not just believing that he existed. It's, the, it's what he came to do, his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the thing that all of us in here need to do. We need to take that, what he's done for us, and we need to make it personal in our lives. We need to make it personal in our lives. We need to... Amen. Submit ourselves to the principle of crucifixion. Mm. We need to die out to ourselves. We need to die out to, this, to sin. We need to die out to the world. Amen. So that's kind of what he's talking about. Okay. Uh, then he says, uh, Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. All things are for your sakes. Woo. Let me tell you something. I know, I know sometimes a lot of us, when temptation comes, we, we kind of seem to hang the head. When trial comes, we don't want to stand. When persecution comes, even tribulation, pressure, all these things, adversity, when they all come, guess what happens? We just seem to kind of like, we just, we come to a halt. We stop and we don't go any further in our faith. We just, amen. So when that happens to us, did we ever realize this? How many of you really put your trust in God? Huh? How many of you put your trust in God? How many of you know that God knows what He's doing? Do a lot of you understand that? Because if you say that you, you love Him, you want to serve Him, that's what you should, you should understand, that you put your trust in Him, that you will, you will know that He's doing everything for you, for your good. Amen. Amen. 
So, so in coming to a place when, when we are exposed to certain things in our lives, let me tell you something. It's not because the devil slipped one past God. Is everybody listening? It's not because the devil slipped one past God. It's because the Lord said, hey, give it a try. And see what they will do. Huh? See what they will do when temptation comes their way. You know what? He's putting his trust in you. He's putting his trust in me. Go ahead. You know why? Because he, he, everything's under his control. And so that's why Paul said that. He posted, for all things are for your sake. All things are for your sake. Everything that happens in your life, it's for your sake. It's for you. And, and, and let, me, let me inject this in your, in, your, in your brain, in your thinking. It doesn't mean you're going to fail. That's right. Huh? Doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, it, it doesn't mean your destruction. It doesn't mean your demise. Is everybody listening? Doesn't mean that. All these things come. It doesn't mean that we're going to be overtaken, overcome. Doesn't mean that. Remember, he said about us, we're more than conquerors. Right. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen. So if we are more than conquerors, that means this. We, we have it. Amen. We have it. We have the victory. Amen. The victory has already been won. The battle has already been won. Amen. We just got to, we have to maintain it. So it doesn't mean that all these things happen and then here we are. We just let it all blow into the wind. Standing for God all these weeks and months and maybe even years. And here comes temptation. Here comes trial. Here comes persecution. Here comes adversity. And, and this is what we do. We just take it. It's like taking a, a, a bunch of flour and just throwing it in the wind. We give it up for nothing. <laughs> so he says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through, that the abundant grace, guess what? If you think that you've come to the end of your trail. I was thinking about that picture. Uh, of, of, the, of the lone warrior, that lone rider sitting on top of his horse, and his horse is head down. And his, he's down like this, and his lance isn't standing straight up, his lance is at an angle, in other words, and the caption's the end of the trail. Seems like we always seem to kind of fall into that mentality. Every time I feel like the devil's working hard on me, and he's stupid enough to always keep trying. But I guess he likes to get whooped. He likes a good whooping. Guess what? You can all whoop the devil. Huh? You've got it in you. Greater is he that is in you. Than you can give him a really good whooping. And, and you know, 
you'll, you'll bring you to that point you're thinking, well, it's all, it's all over. You might as well give up. And there we are. We sit there like that. But, you know, it's not the end of the trail for us. Amen. It's probably just the beginning. And so, 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 so he says the, that the abundant grace, the abundant grace, God always has what you need to get through whatever it is Amen. you are experiencing. God always, when you think that he, God hasn't run out of power, huh? he hasn't run out of wisdom, he hasn't run out of knowledge, huh? he hasn't run out of the anointing. He hasn't. And, and, and that's why Paul says that the abundant grace, the abundant grace, guess what? God has what you need to get you through whatever it is you're going to. He will always have a unlimited uh, source of whatever you need. Praise God. Might be faith. Might be love. Huh? Might be truth. Might be righteousness. Might be whatever it is. What you need. Strength. Uh, power. Authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he always says, That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many, of many, redound to the glory of God. In other words... He'll always make it happen. For which cause we faint not. But now here's the part. For which cause we faint not. Now here's the part. Pay attention. But though our outward man perishes. But though our outward man perish. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now all this is happening so this can this can be dealt with. Human nature can be dealt with. It's, it's happening for that purpose. Human nature can be dealt with so that the inner man can be strengthened, renewed day by day. All the things that we have, that we experience, that we're confronted with every day, think about that. God's saying, hey, I'm doing this to destroy or to take away the influence of the human nature, to take away the dominance of the human nature I'm doing it so that the inner man can be renewed day by day. The inner man can be lifted up, can be quickened in you, your spirit. Now here's the thing, all of you, all of you, your spirit every once in a while tries to break through all that chaos and confusion and emotion and all these things. Your human spirit tries to break through that and say, hey, I want to live for God. <laughs> What are you doing? Huh? That's the part that everybody, every once in a while we feel. But, you know, human nature always tries to suppress that. Yeah. Hallelujah. There's, there's a day I really believe. I feel this because... I feel the burden of so many. <clears throat> but in order for God to succeed, in order for Him to, to basically help us to overcome, our human will has to be broken. 
We were talking about that last week. The sacrifices, the bullock, the ram. The bullock, the ram. The bull is a strong animal. Huh? It's strong. It has a lot of power. That's how our nature is. We're strong will creatures. And we do, we, we, can, we can put out a lot of power in different ways in our human nature. Not so much physical strength, yes, that's part of it too, but even in our will, even in our thinking, just the way we can just rise up and the way we can just, you know, human nature, if, if it's anything that we're, we're, we have that kind of nature, we, it's strong. God has to deal with that in us. God has to deal with that in us. Even the ram, when he, when he talked about the ram, how the ram is just a, a creature that is, it, it's not afraid to go against anything that comes against it. It's not. That's how human nature is sometimes. You know what? Why, why, do, you, why do human beings think that they're, they're uh, what's the word uh, I'm looking for, but they think that they can never fall. Invincible. There you go. Why do we think we're invincible? Praise God. Because that's what human nature is. We think right now we're living in a world that man, man, this is this is the thought of the world. Man thinks they are God. Yeah, that's right. Man thinks they can do better than God. Amen. We just want to stand and we want to uh, defy. We want to defy. We're, we get that. Def, that spirit of defiance, and that's what that ram is, defiance. And here we are. All this time, your human spirit saying, I want to live for God. I want to live for God. So all this commotion, and like Paul said in Romans chapter 7, all the motions of sin in our body, your human spirit's trying to reach out and say, Hey, wake up. I want to live for God. I want you to seek God. I want you to. I want you to pursue Him. Praise God. So that's why it's important for us. All this happens for that reason. God dealing with our human nature. So He says. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now look what he says. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. It's not as bad as the devil says it is. Amen. Huh? Work is for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Woo. To everybody sitting in here, all you, even all you young children, listen to this. What you see in this world, this world you live in right now, it's temporary. This is not what life is consists about. This is just 
a temporary abode for us. That's right. So what you see right here, you might think, you, know, you might think, oh, this is all it. No, this is not all it. This is just a part of it. That's right. yeah. We have eternity. Eternity has yet not started in our lives. Right. And you know what the devil would like to get us to look at? Things that are temporal. Right. Things that are down here that we can see, that we can connect with things, thinking that, oh, this is this is what it's all about. No, it's not what it's all about. What's it's, what's, what we should be looking for are the eternal things. Amen. That's, what, that's why we should strive in our faith, amen, overcoming everything that is around us because this is all temporal. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can get to a place where we can live in eternal bliss with him for eternity. Amen. But it's just getting past this stage. Right. Is everybody listening? Amen. But you know what the devil, the devil has done? He wants everybody to focus on what's down here. He wants everybody to focus on this. Take a look at that. The temporal things. Woo! My, my, my. I want to share something with you. Might as well. Might as well. I want to share a thought. This thought isn't my thought. This thought comes from the Lord. This is His thought. These are His words. Listen to this. He said, I have called unto my people, but they stand with wanton eyes and ears that do not hear. Yea, they heed not unto me. For the time draws nigh that as the threshing of the grain is to separate the seed from the chaff at harvest time, so shall it be with my people. That was sent to me from somebody that doesn't belong to this church. But that was the word of the Lord that was given to them for this church. And, and when I received this, I thought about it. My mind went back to all the times that the Lord spoke to us through the gifts. And how God just spoke, but basically along those lines, one time after another, he just kind of gave us uh, a little light to see, you know, where we are and even his promises to us. But you know what? You know what we've done? We're, we're not, we're turning a deaf ear. We're not paying attention. I'm glad for those of you that are here this morning. But you know what? I've been praying for everybody. I've been praying for everybody. And, and like I said, this is, this is a serious thing. <laughs> but you know, somebody asked me, what do you think is going on, Brother Marshall? What do you think is going on? And I said, you know what it is? I said, I'll tell you what's going on. 
I said, this is what's going on. God is dealing with our human nature. Hey, if, if you want to live for God, and you can live for God, you can, you can prosper in the Lord. You can grow in Him. You can, you can mature in the Spirit, but quit trying to live for God doing your own thing. Quit trying to impose your own righteousness, your own understanding. That's not the way He wants you to live from. He wants you to obey His Word. Obey His will. Amen. That's how you live. He wants you to pick up your cross and follow after Him. That's what He wants you to do. Amen. Not try to approach this how you think you should do it. No, no, no. Your, the Bible says your righteousness is but as filthy rags. Right. That's right. That's right. So we, got, we have to be, we better be sincere and serious about what we want to do as far as living for God. So we can walk before Him. We can be upright. Amen. But I know this. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things happening because human nature is standing in everybody's way. Yeah. <sighs> human nature. I think about. Uh, I think about what Paul said in Galatians chapter five, verse number seventeen through twenty-two about the works of the flesh. And we could take a look at all that. I'm not getting into it this morning, but that's what we could take a look at. Just to think think about that. You can take a look at the works of the flesh and all those things that are, you know, exist in this flesh if we allow them to, you know, somehow manipulate us and dominate us. And we fall under the power of it, under the influence of it. All those things are what we will, what how we will be. The works of the flesh, which are manifest, which are these, and he goes on. Seventeen characteristics are works of the flesh. Seventeen, that's just not one place. There's obviously more in the New Testament. He talks about them. That's what you and I battle against. That's what we battle against. That's why Paul said, who shall save me from this wretched flesh? <laughs> And he goes on to say, I thank my God that, you know, my body, in my mind, I serve the Lord, but my body, the law of sin. But he said, thank God. Uh, he goes on in the next chapter about there's no condemnation to them who walk after the Spirit. So obviously what Paul's saying here, let the excellency of the power be of him and not of us. If we allow the Holy Ghost to move in us, we're going to overcome. These things will not suppress us. These things will not hinder us. These things will Amen. We will overcome. I like the cross. I like the concept, the principle of the cross. Uh, let's go to Galatians chapter 1 and uh, <clears throat> Galatians chapter 1 And verse number, well, uh, excuse me, chapter 2, I got the wrong scripture verse here again. I have to change that. Supposed to be 2, not a 1. But anyway, Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live. 
Now please don't get confused there. He's not contradicting. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's the life we should live. Our nature, our human nature, our sinful nature should be crucified, should be impaled upon the cross. We should impale that on the cross. And if we live, guess what? Like he said, I live, but, but Christ, yet, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That's the life I live in this flesh. I let Jesus live in me. Amen. That's the reason for the, for the infilling of the, of the Spirit of God. So that He can live in me. He can quicken me. He can quicken my mortal flesh. That I can live for Him. And you see that in, in, in the same book in, in chapter 6. In chapter 6, verse number 14. Uh, God forbid, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want my glory to be in the cross. That I should glory save in the cross of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Does everybody see that? Hallelujah. So that's why I say, we can crucify the world. And we can be crucified unto the world. We should, we should have no connection with the world. It's amazing that we crucify the world and everything that's in the world to ourselves. If we crucify, we cut ourselves off. You can find, you can find this out. You're going to alleviate a lot of problems in your life. That's right. Right. <laughs> okay. So you see that Ephesians two sixteen. We'll just walk through Ephesians two sixteen. Ephesians two sixteen says this. Uh, look what he says. He says, uh, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body. He's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. In one body by the cross. Having slain the enmity thereby. The enmity. So what's he saying here? That wall between the Jews and the Gentiles. That enmity, that, that hatred. He said, he slain. How did he slay it? Through the cross. Mm -hmm. He took care of it. Yes, you know what that means? Basically, here's another word that we can insert here, and it's synonymous to what it's saying here, is the word prejudice. In other words, he can take care of any kind of Situation between us and any other person of any other uh, ethnic group or race or color or creed or anything. He could take care of any prejudice. He could, he could, he could slay that by his cross. Even amongst us. 
Huh? Amen. Ooh. He, he can take care of that. Whatever walls been there, whatever barriers are there, he can slay that. That can be taken care of by the cross. Whatever hatred, whatever enmity <coughs> can be taken care of by the cross. If you have a little enmity in your heart, guess what? Crucify it. Put it on the cross. He can take care of it. He can remove it. So you don't feel that enmity. You don't feel that hatred. You don't feel that prejudice. Huh? Amen. He can do that. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse number 20. These are, these are little, little uh, beams of light that just come up in, in Paul's writings. But they, they kind of help us to understand, uh, basically... Okay, according to my earnest expectation, in verse number 20, chapter 1, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now as also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So what, what is Paul saying here? E even the concept of everything that I do, I do it because I want Christ to live in me. Oh, did I say Colossians 1 yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, I did. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I confused you folks. What is that's, that's another scripture verse I was going to. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me like, where are you, where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and having made peace through the blood of his cross how many of you have made peace having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself you know what that's what it's going to take to reconcile is the cross <coughs> By him I say, whether they be things in earth and things in heaven. That's why I say God through his wisdom. God through his wisdom. Philippians chapter 1. That's where I was. Sorry about that. Verse number 20, the same verse. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always... So now also shall be so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. That concept. The only way that's going to happen is if we crucify the flesh and we allow his spirit to live in us. Okay? Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 17. Uh, this is what it says. It says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk as ye have us for an ensample. For many of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their valley, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. 
Human nature will always despise the cross. Human nature will always despise the cross. That's why Paul said that. He said, when we preach the cross, to some of them it's foolishness. It's the way it is. They don't want to accept it. But thank God, thank God, First uh, Peter chapter 4, First <clears throat> Peter chapter 4, and verse number 1, it says, 1 and 2, it says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, he suffered in the flesh. Arm yourselves, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Yes, our bodies do not like it. It's almost in a sense where when we, when we actually crucify the flesh, the body likes to. The, the word I think of as far as what the scripture means, if you look at it, it's kind of it's kind of something. Uh, it throws a tantrum. Does anybody know what throwing a tantrum means? Some of you young people. <laughs> Throwing a little tantrum, or even pouty, huh? You know what that is? Yeah, yeah. One little person back there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's got her back toward me. She's not paying attention right now. Yeah. No, oh, no. Oh, she heard me. Yeah. She turned around. She said, "Who me? Me?" But see, that's all the flesh is. When you when you cut the flesh off from all its Desires and all it wants. Guess what? It tries to rise up. Amen. Tries to throw a tantrum. <coughs> but you know what? He said, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Yes. Put those things. Like Paul said, I put my body under. Amen. I put my body under. Ooh. Yes. Something. That's why I, I thank God for all of you that are faithful. Because that tells me something. Tells me you love the Lord. Tells me that you're doing something in your life. Tells me that you're actually submitting yourself to God's will. You're putting your your flesh in a subjection. You're, you're humbling yourself to God's will. You're doing what's right. Because yeah. how, many, how many of you could be here every time the doors are open? Amen. Without anybody telling you, go to church. When I was younger, you know, all you kids, guess what? If your mom and dad tell you to go to church, go to church. Yes. Amen. Amen. Don't say, I don't have to. You have to go to church. Yes. That's right. But some of us adults, there's no excuse. I'm here every time the doors open. Amen. It's not because I have to be here. It's because I want to be here. Amen. Big difference. And if, if I don't want to miss out on the presence of God, how come 
You know, you shouldn't miss out on the presence yeah. of God. Mm -hmm. huh? That should be all of our desires. Not unless you're working, not unless something comes up. I understand that, but when you're not doing anything and you just said, oh, I'll just take it easy today. Mm -hmm. huh? Pick another day to take it easy. Yes. <laughs> Why is it we always want to take it easy, take a little break on a day we have church or Bible study or something, prayer? You can pick another day to do that. Huh? Why is that... You know, why does it always pop up? Well, you know, because that usually happens anyway. <coughs> pick a day. Pick a day that you're not in church to take yes. it easy. Why? Because what I'm saying is, if you truly love God, guess what? You, you're, you're going to want to be where He is. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to pursue Him. You're going to pursue him if you love him. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Well, those are just certain things. We, we see the uh, First Corinthians chapter 1. Let's see, I missed the scripture verse here. But this all has to do, whether you realize it or not, what we're talking about, the, the amount of sacrifices that were offered on the day of, of uh, on the day of atonement, all the sacrifices that were going to be presented, offered, guess what? We see that why it is that why it is that during that particular time they, they basically they they have doubled as far as their sacrifices are concerned. Why is that? Because we're living in a time, I believe, that because of the world we're living in right now and because of the souls that will be coming in during this harvest. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of sacrifices that are going to be offered up. A lot. Here's the other question. I mean, here's the other thing. There's a lot of sin that has to be dealt with. Human nature has to be dealt with. First uh, Corinthians one eighteen says this: For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. It's the power of God. I wonder how that was. I was thinking about this, and I'm not trying to deviate from what I'm uh, sharing with you this morning. But I wonder how that was when here was Jesus getting to that last, that last few weeks and months before his crucifixion after those three years of ministry and now he's, he knows it's coming to an end now he now he has to offer himself up as as the sacrifice for all mankind and here he is he's telling his disciples making his way into Jerusalem he said the son of man has to be uh, uh, taken and he's going to be just scourged and beaten and then he's going to be crucified. He was letting his disciples know this is what's going to happen to me. Some of them didn't believe him. He said, but the third day he's going to, I'm going to rise again from the dead. He let them know, told them that this is what's going to happen. Amen. But good news is I'm going to rise from the dead. <laughs> yes. huh? Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? Even though they heard it, they didn't really hear it. 
They didn't pay, pay enough attention. Maybe there was a few of them that really, just a few of them, just a handful of his disciples realized what he was saying because they were the ones that were saying, hey, wait a minute. Didn't he say after the third day he was going to resurrect? Amen. And so what did they do? They ran to his tomb, expecting him. That's the thing. If, if we understand what he came to do for us, he came to die, he was buried, he resurrected, how come we can't believe that for our own personal salvation? Amen. We've done what he commanded us to do. We, we repented. That was death. Death to self. Death to sin. Death to the world. We were buried in Jesus' name. And how many of you are expecting for him to resurrect in your life? To resurrect in our lives. Or just like his disciples, we didn't hear. We're not expecting. All we did was we seen him die. The minds were on that. More than anything, they didn't hear the, the good part of it, the best part of it. I'm going to resurrect the third day. Jesus wants to be a res resurrected Savior in our lives. A risen Savior in our lives. He wants to resurrect in us. His life should be manifest in us. Praise God. So if we... If we... Uh, if we... Uh, There's no, there's no, there's actually no way around it. I love, I love living for God. I love living for God. It just blows my mind after all these years, yet still. Amen. I think back and think back and, and my struggles and my trials and, and, and all this as a young man. You know what? There's no excuse for you young people. There's no excuse for you. Amen. You can make up any kind of excuse why it is hard for you to serve God. Guess what? Sin is sin. Regardless if it was today or even three decades ago or four decades ago, sin is sin. I, drug, I, I battled drug abuse, I battled alcoholism, I battled all kinds of other sins that were, you know, there in my life. I battled that. But here, the thing, it's just like all of us. I, want, I, I didn't like that. I wanted to overcome it. And, and, and I searched. And I even tried to do certain things on my own, but it just didn't, it didn't work. No, it, there was no fruition. Because it wasn't God. But you know, when the day I came, when I heard the gospel, when I finally realized this is what it's going to take for me to overcome this, then you know what I did? I said, this is what I've been waiting for. This is the answer I've been looking for. So as a result, guess what I did? I submitted myself and I obeyed. And I said, okay, if I need to repent of my sins, then I need to repent. If I need to put the old Harold Marshall 
today. I need to do that. If I need to die out to my sins, I need to die out. If I need to be baptized in Jesus' name, I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I believe He will fill me with the Holy Ghost. Guess what? Before I was baptized, He took care of that for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And so, I just followed it and I got baptized in Jesus' name. And I had all these things I was dealing with in my body, in my flesh. Everything I was dealing with. All the, all the lust and all everything as far as the flesh is concerned. I was battling against all these things. But you know what? My heart said, I found something better. Amen. So I embraced it. I pursued it. I'm still pursuing it. To this day, I haven't stopped pursuing him. And guess what? Yes, I know. We all, we're all tempted. I'm tempted just like everybody else in here is tempted. Devil comes along. I'm, I'm tried. Uh, I face adversity. I'm afflicted. Just like everybody else. But guess what? I'm content in Him. I'm content in Him. I want to live for Him. That's the bottom line. I just want to live for God. That's all that's on my mind right now. Amen. I don't have an excuse. I don't have a plan B. My yes. plan is plan A, living for him. I don't have, if it don't work out, I'm going to go back to doing this. No, 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 That's no. That's right. My, my desire is to live for him, yes. do what I can for him, Amen. allow him to have liberty in my life. That's what I'm doing right now. Yes. There's no excuse for any one of you that are struggling with whatever it is you're struggling with. There is no excuse. And I'm not saying that to step on your toes or to offend you. I'm just telling you. Right. What, what we need to do is get with it. No. Get with it. <coughs> Hallelujah. So that, you know, I, I think about that. and But I'm glad. I'm a happy camper in Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I'm happy living for him. I've been there and I've been there and back. Praise God. So that's something that we're, we're all going to have to get ourselves ready. Get ourselves ready. Get, our, get ourselves, psych ourselves up and say, hey, you know what? This is going to be a time of great, a great move of God is going to be. You know, a lot of things happening. And you know what? This is a time to crucify the yes. flesh. Crucify ourselves. Put everything on the cross. It's a time to seek Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. That's the answer. That's the answer. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad everybody's here this morning. I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to our services coming week after next and yes. for a move of God. And Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord to do some great things. Yes. Great things. Praise God. Uh, keep Brother Wethy in your prayer, Brother Luke, and uh, Sister Wethy in your prayers. Uh, they're doing... They're doing good. Uh, he told me since his father passed away, of course, he took, they turned the church over to him. But uh, 
of his, not a lot, not a whole lot, but some of his siblings, his older sisters, uh, since his father's passing, they came back. Uh, one of them was backslid, the other one was living somewhere else, but uh, they, they've come back. Uh, he said a lot of different people from around that area coming back into the church. Amen. They baptized, I think he said three of them, uh, not, too, uh, not too long ago. So he said, God is doing great things for us. Keep on praying for us. He said, the Lord is moving for us. So keep other Luke Wethy and his wife in prayer. The church there in Chitoba. Praise God. He said, he always remembers us. He said, they had a great experience up there. Tell the saints I love them. and They think about us often. So. Keep them in your prayers, as well as Brother Chuck and Sister Linda, all the others, all the churches here. Uh, amen. All our brethren. That will conclude our Sunday school lesson this morning. Thank you for coming. All dismiss one another. Have a good day. Prayer at six. Service at six thirty this evening. So let's look forward to a, a great time in the world. Amen.